0: Time. This is the Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Every game. You
1: you got to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, look, throws toward the corner of the end zone. And it is intercepted! Interception! The,
0: the ball. Every story. So we just continue to push and grind and go and take care of our guys. It's going to be so class. The Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck owner Justin Hopkins. And Matt Bagley from 961 580 The Game. I can be a bit of a perfectionist. I I have a, a very high level of demands for myself and for my work. I, I don't want to just suck at what I do. And I got really mad at myself yesterday because in, in an effort to achieve one step Further towards perfection, and uh, and eventually stream my radio show that I do in Southern Oregon. Um, trying to figure out a way to to get high quality audio on a Facebook live stream, I added one little audio cable to our audio chain for this Scoop Duck podcast and ruined the podcast. <laughs> and I had no idea until after we'd recorded it. I feel so terrible because. Yesterday, we asked a bunch of great questions, and and the Scoop Duck readers at Scoopduck.com, you guys threw a ton of great stuff at us. Justin
1: did hey, an Matt. awesome job. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm so, there. Just just in that segment alone, you cut out twice. I couldn't hear you. I don't know if it's me. Oh or no. Me, or if it's you, but we- I figured I'd stop you now before we got too far. <laughs> okay, so
0: so this is what I'm talking about here. Yesterday sucked. Today might also suck. I don't know if this podcast is going to be listenable, but I'm just going to shut up and just say, "Hey, we tried yesterday. There was an act of God. We'll try again today." Scoop, duck, and hi-fi. Um, but let's really quick hit on hoops. The men reach the Sweet Sixteen. So do the ladies. How do you feel about them? Uh,
1: men reaching the Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know, given the fact that. Uh, you know, if we peel it all back, beginning of the year, you know what were the expectations for this team? So many new parts and pieces. Peyton pritchard has gone. you know, obviously the uh, the early injury to uh, Nefali Dante uh, you know hurt this team a little bit. it they really came just kind of scrapped and came together and Chris Duarte turned it on and Eugene had a huge season. And so I think from from that early part of the season or even a preseason, I think a sweet sixteen was, you know, Kind of the, kind of the as good as it was going to get. I, you know, I thought personally, um, you know, as they went through the season and got hot there, entering March, you felt a little better about this team, um, and then you know the first round exit into the Pac-12 tournament to what at the time looked like a bad Beavers team, which turned out to get hot at the right time, which can happen. Um, I just felt like it was a roller coaster, and I think ultimately if you go all the way back to the beginning of the season or early in the season, uh, I I think they ended up about as good as you could have expected. And they, and they ran into, you know, a USC team that clearly, uh, you know, clearly had that matchup circled and said, look, we got a chance to play Oregon and, and, and put any, uh, you know, doubts to rest. They came out firing on all cylinders, couldn't miss, you know, just, just really had Oregon's number. Um, obviously, as we would later know, um, it, it sure seemed like in that next round against Gonzaga, they used everything they had against Oregon. So again, uh, great for great for the men. The women were kind of a different story. You know, did, you know, again, peel it back to the beginning of the year, and you think, okay, what's you know, Kelly Graves got a bunch of new pieces. You know, obviously, a lot of his, you know, Sabrina's gone, and, and you know, Satu's gone, and you know, okay, what what's he going to have? Um, again, I think Sweet 16 was probably about as good as you could have hoped for if you were being subjective, uh, you know, back at the beginning of the season. You know, they get through the year and it was kind of up and down and you, you kind of wondered, is this team good? Is the Pac-12 just really good? You know, you don't know those answers till you kind of get into to tournament play since there, there was no out-of-conference play. Um, again, you know, I thought with, without Tahina Pow Pow, uh, with the way they played in the Pac-12 tournament, we might see an early exit from them in the tournament. I thought they did really well to get to the Sweet 16, um, you know, like they did. So, you know, again, overall, do you, are you grading these teams from what you saw in the last month of their season? Or are you grading these teams from what your expectations were before the first tip-off of the year? And so um, I, I think in both cases, I, I think you're happy. Uh, if you were grading them in the last month, I think you are were elated if you were grading them, um, you know, basically from the start of the season, at least from my point of view.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I strongly agree with you there. Um, after you apply those grades, what are your expectations for next season?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's become a hot take to, uh, you know, write about how the Ducks need to get bigger uh, for the men's team. Well, you know, no kidding. You know, you go and you face a team like USC that's, you know, basically six eight across the board and including a 7-footer. That's a big team, um, you know, and Oregon at that time didn't start anybody above 6'6, six, six, you know. And so, yeah, they needed to get longer. They needed to get bigger. You know, you lost Nefali Dante. You know, Frank Kepning showed up late. And, you know, it took him time to get acclimated and and get going and and learn things. And, you know, I I do personally, I gave one of the very few criticisms I've ever had of Dana Altman was not playing Kepning earlier in that game, which following the game, he admitted himself that he you know, regrets not playing him earlier and considers it a mistake on his part. And uh, I'm not going to beat him up over over it. We all make mistakes and he at least kind of owned up to it. We don't know that, you know, playing Frank Kepning against USC earlier would have changed the outcome of that game, but it certainly seemed like he was a spark plug in the second half. Uh, again, they need to get longer. Uh, you're going to have to find a score. You've got to find uh, another Chris Duarte to add to this team. And, you uh, you know, it's got to be via the transfer portal, in my opinion. You, you're going to have to find, you know, somebody that you can drop in there that really helps this team, you know, score uh, push the tempo, get, get to the basket. All those things that Chris Duarte did a really good job of this season. You got to find another guy like him. And, uh, you know, that, that for the men's team, I, I, I think that's what you need. I don't, you don't need to overhaul anything. You've got the guys coming in. You've got the bodies coming in. You've got Frank Kepning Um, you know, you need all those things. I think Will Richardson's ready to take that next step. I think he's in for a great year next year. You've got a steady, ready point guard. And that's a big thing. Um, you know, yeah, just got to get some uh, some height, some presence down to the low post, and then you, you got to add a score or two You got to have have some some guys that can some pop some threes and get to the bucket. Um, that's the men's team. Think they'll be good. I mean, if we've learned anything at this point about Dana Altman he's going to figure it out. Uh, the women, on the other hand. I don't know that there's all that much to do. I, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get Sedona Prince back, which, uh, you know, she's a budding superstar. Superstar in my mind, she's gonna end up being one of the top five players in the country next year, in my opinion. Uh, she's a force. Uh, she's getting further removed from that injury. We saw her come on late in the year this year, especially in the tournament. Uh, you know, Tahina Palpa. It's clear that she is kind of the heart and soul of this team, even as as a true freshman as she was. Um, you know, they need her back. They need her healthy. I'm sure she'll be good, but that was a huge element to this team, uh, entering March, in my opinion, not having her, you know, again, I don't know that there's a ton that Kelly Graves needs to do. Of course, you're always trying to get, you know, bigger, better, stronger, faster. You're going to have to replace the bully bombs from Aaron bully that, uh, you know, she's departing from, from her senior year. Uh, you got to find somebody that's going to be that kind of player for you. Um, You got a couple things to do, but it's not like this team for the women, uh, you know, needs an overhaul. But, uh, you know, one thing to note there, uh, the women aren't going to have it easy. I mean, the Pac-12 is full of some really good women's basketball teams, uh, you know, so Kelly Graves is certainly going to have his work cut out for him in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah, that Stanford team is loaded, and and they have some freshmen on that team right now, like uh, Cameron Brink, the girl from the Portland area that... She's not going anywhere anytime soon, and if if you're going up against her down low, you're not going anywhere either, uh, <laughs> but, but we'll see. I mean, uh, Kel- I will say this about Kelly Graves, like you trust in Dana Altman, and you talk about Mario Cristobal as a recruiter, I trust in Kelly Graves to make the same kind of Altman late season adjustments, and I trust in Kelly Graves to make those Cristobal splashes in recruiting.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're bang on. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, Matt. How do you, how do you rank the three coaches, Dana Altman, Mario Cristobal, and Kelly Graves at Oregon? That's a that's a, I mean, that's a really tough question to answer. And I I, I, know, I know everyone has a different ranking, but I guess realistically, here's here's kind of my take on it. You're talking about one A, one B, and one C. You know, and uh, you know Kelly Graves is going <laughs> to Kelly. Kelly Graves is going to get it done, no doubt about that. So I'm excited to see what he does next year. And uh, the, the Ducks will be back, no doubt about that.
0: Okay. Um, we, we had a bunch of great football questions yesterday, and I mentioned that Pod was a disaster, unlistenable, couldn't share it with anybody. Um, but but your questions rocked. I'm going to get back to a couple of these uh, and just some of the general themes of them so we can try to tackle a couple per Um a few folks asked about two deeps and and spring reports um if if rob mosley says so-and-so gets beat on a fade pass or so-and-so beats a a left tackle in a one-on-one drill are you going to read a lot into that these next
1: few weeks no uh you know to me this is uh you know, this is your scrimmage session. This is where you're getting better. This is where you're You know, you're putting things on tape. You're finding things that work that that things that work on offense and defense. Things that don't work on offense and defense. You're, you know, uh, you're you're playing with different adjustments, trying to figure out. You know, which three linebackers give you the best. You know, uh, chances of winning. You know, you're gonna put three guys out there and say, hey, we need a little more speed, or we need a little more length, or whatever the case might be you are moving those pieces around. So, you know, to me, this is nothing but a very intense four weeks of practice, of trial and error, of trying to get guys better, of trying to get film on guys and going into, you know, the film room on days off when there's no practices and saying, hey, look, you know, you missed your assignment here, or you were out of place here, or look at how your body is leaning here. Or, you know, if you attack off the edge faster here, look what happens. You know, all those things, you know, one of my favorite words or one of my favorite uh, uh, things to hear is, is teachable moments. And that's what you're looking for here. Mario Cristobal, all of his coaches are looking for nothing but teachable moments. And that will include quarterback, that will include receiver, you know, running back, DB, you know, a guy like Mikel Wright. Sure, go ahead and, and, and Sharpie Mikhail right in as a starting corner. There's no doubt, barring injury, that guy is starting at corner at one of the spots, but there's still a lot that he can learn. A lot that he can learn about the defense. Don't forget this is a brand new defensive coordinator and Tim DeRuder. I think things will be similar, but they're never the same. So it's gonna have some different terminology. There's gonna be some things Oregon does differently on defense. And you you are you are setting the foundation now to learn those things. So I think one of the things I get frustrated the most and I understand the reasoning for it, you know, people are fans. They're, they're, they're fanatical. They're, you know, they're living for this information. They're living to, to follow the team. Yeah. But you just, you just can't move too far one way to the left or right on this stuff. It's, you know, Hey, look, so-and-so didn't have a good day. Well, you know, did he just not have a good day? Has he not had a good week? Has he not had a good month? You know, did he just miss one play? Did he just miss one rep? We don't know. Only the coaches know, um, and this is where you kind of have to trust Mario Cristobal and the staff. So again, you know, if you don't read enough about you know uh, player A, or if you read too much about player B, or you know, whatever the case might be, you just kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, this is one of those things that I, I, I think whatever some of your takeaways were on the guys that we saw play last year, towards the end of last year. You know, they're probably going to be the guys to beat, you know, all those, all those incoming guys that I'm excited about, you're excited about, we're going to read about, we're going to hear about Troy Franklin, we're going to hear about Ty Thompson, we're going to hear about all those guys because Mario Cristobal is going to try to motivate those guys for two reasons, A, to get them better, and B, to push the guys ahead of them. The coaches are looking for things on film, trying things out, and ultimately just trying to get these guys reps and getting, making them better.
0: Um the the coaching staff have goals and, and a plan for what the the best spring practices and spring football game would look like, what they wanna see and what they want their team to do. Um, what do those goals look like to you?
1: Um, you know, I I would say, you know, you're hoping that you get through uh, you know, injury free, which is is probably unrealistic, but that is the benchmark. You know, you don't want to come into spring, uh, and of course you're gonna push your guys, you're gonna have to practice hard, you you have to. Um, You know, injuries are an unfortunate byproduct, and you're just hoping, you know, especially, especially in this spring ball, because you're starting, you know, a full month later. You know, here you are basically starting at the beginning of April, won't be done till the beginning of May. That leaves you, you know, with the month of May, June, July, for those guys to get ready, uh, you know, for August one, essentially whatever that first day of, of fall camp, which you know is going to be right around August one, uh, you know, you got a shortened window for those guys to rehab anything, nurse anything that might get injured. Uh, secondly, it's just about, uh, you know, ultimately it's just about the foundation, and I say that even on both sides of the ball. Sure, Joe Moorhead returns, but it's only his second year as OC at Oregon. Tim Drudder's here; it's his first year as DC at Oregon. You're really trying to lay down the foundation of both your offense and defense so that when you go into fall camp, you're not having to spend a week or two, basically just laying the foundation. Then you can go over it for a day or two or three and it's like, oh yeah, I remember all this and boom, then you're off to the next phase. So, you know, very important for these guys to pick up terminology, for them to pick up basic things that you want from your offense and defense. Uh, And then of course, you know, just to see these guys moving, you know, bending, uh competing all those things Uh, one of the things i think for me and, and i wonder if we'll hear mario cristobal talk about this uh leadership you know i think that was something that was missing last year you know i think there's a need for leadership with this team i'm sure that mario cristobal has identified that himself um you know so those are some of the few things that i think i'm really looking forward to you know hearing about uh from mario cristobal again Media is not allowed. Media was allowed for the first 20 minutes, uh, you know, before for me, that's not a huge thing. I mean, you're either letting them go for all the practice or none, in my opinion. Yeah, it's nice to have those 20 minutes, but ultimately, really, that's just a chance to take some pictures and take notes on who participated and who didn't participate in practice. Unfortunately, we won't get that this spring. But um, you know, I don't consider that a total loss. It's pretty—it's pretty small in my book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for any fans that might be concerned, can you explain the difference between like an open media practice and a closed media practice?
1: Well, under Mario Cristobal, what what open means is you've been able to go for the first twenty minutes, and and they are, you know, they are they're regimented about it. It's you know, there's they'll come over and say, hey, you got about five minutes left we're going to get you guys out of here. Let's be real. The first 20 minutes, they spend the first five getting onto the field and doing the quick clap in the middle and getting broken down and going in their position groups. And then the next 10 minutes are them basically warming up. So, you know, what do you, what do you see? Maybe five minutes of them, you know, doing some skelly or maybe, uh, you know, lining up on offense or defense or, you know, maybe a couple seven on seven plays, but I mean, I mean, you aren't seeing much and it's by design. You know, I don't blame Mario Cristobal. He's very competitive. Uh, this league's very competitive. He's looking for every advantage. So if you're wondering why Mario Cristobal would close practice, he's simply just trying to gain a competitive edge and, you know, and with the, uh, with the influence of social media, with the influence of video, with the influence of all these other things. Now, um, You know, I I, I just think he's trying to look for any upper hand he can get on the conference for his team. And uh, I I think fans should at least respect that. I don't I I don't think anyone should ever get the feeling from Mario Cristobal that he's trying to shut media out. You know, he's pretty honest and, and truthful, I think, in his press conferences. But this is simply something that I think he sees, you know, as a competitive head coach that gives him a coaching advantage.
0: All right. Uh, We we got a couple of great questions about the depth chart yesterday. Um, How do you think the quarterback depth chart is going to shake out?
1: You know, this is Anthony Brown's job to lose. I think we're all kidding ourselves if you don't feel that way. He's the only guy that's going to come in with game experience. He didn't play a ton last year, uh, but he did play some. I think it's pretty clear with the way plays were called for him uh, when he was out there that that Joe Moorhead has a ton of confidence in Anthony Brown. He, he, he was letting him rip the ball uh, downfield a little bit more than they were doing with Tyler Shuck. Um, It was it was evident. So, you know, for me, I I just think I mean, just look at the way this played out. Anthony Brown, you know, clearly frustrated right after the season. It it sounded as though he was not coming back, makes the decision to come back for his one extra year that he's getting. He's not coming back if he's QB, two. He's not. There's no I mean, he's just going to. You know move on or he'll transfer out if that was even remotely the case i mean just call a spade a spade tyler shuck departs from the program to texas tech you know is that because he's a little bit afraid of competition is he afraid that anthony brown's the guy i don't know but it certainly seems to be a factor there at least a little bit and uh you know and i'm not I'm not talking down on Tyler Shuck. I wish him nothing but the best at, at Texas Tech. But, you know, you start looking at all these things, and that certainly points to the fact that, that Anthony Brown's coming back, and I think he's the guy. Now, for me, it's QB, too. Who, who, you know, you, you got Jay Butterfield, who we've heard about, his big arm, and the fact that he can make all the throws and probably has the best pure arm of any quarterback on the roster. You know, is, is he ready to take that next step? How's he fit Joe Moorhead's offense? You know, a lot of things there. Robbie Ashford, you know, you got a lot of questions about Robbie Ashford because he's really playing some awesome baseball right now. And it's great to see. It's great to follow, but how does he navigate the spring? You know, does he miss baseball games for spring football practices or vice versa? Is he missing spring football practices for baseball games? What's, you know, how does that, and does that push him a little bit farther behind? You know, I don't know. You, They've got a good quarterback room. They've got some good guys. But I'm really, really intrigued in that quarterback two uh, position simply because, as we know, it's really hard to navigate a college football season with one quarterback successfully. So hopefully Oregon's able to do that, but you just can't count on it.
0: Right. Uh, Same question for the wide receivers. Are we going to see any new guys this fall?
1: Yeah. Again, you're going to bring in Troy Franklin, five star stud. Film is nasty. Loads of potential. Loads of potential and we're all super excited about troy franklin and there's a guy that's probably hungry you know really going to push those older guys really going to get out there and try to fight and scrape and and do what he can to make a name for himself but let's be real he's got johnny johnson coming back he's got jalen red coming back he's got devin williams who you know have heard reports that he's taken that next step once again and those are guys with experience those are good football players those are guys that know the system i haven't even mentioned micah Pittman. You know, among other guys yet, you've got guys with, with starting caliber experience for this team that you, you know, when you go into a, a, a boxing match, you know, and I'm going on a tangent here, but you go into a boxing match and you're fighting the 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 world champion, right? Right. And they basically tell, and they tell you, look, you can't leave it to the scorecards. You got to go out and you've got to beat the champ because he's the champ. Right. right? You got to knock him out. You got to knock them out you got to be that's what you have to do here the freshmen have to go out and they have to leave no doubt that they are head and shoulders ahead of johnny johnson or Jalen redd or mike Pittman or whoever they're head and shoulders better than them and ready for you know big time football in the pac-12 that's hard to do i mean it's it's hard to be consistent it's hard to have the strength it's hard to have the knowledge of the offense it's really hard to do and it doesn't mean that those guys still don't have loads of potential because they do but you know potential has to be refined it has to be molded it has to, you know what I mean there's so much that goes into it so super excited but if we're being honest it's going to be really hard for even guys like Troy Franklin or Dante Thornton or Isaiah Brevard to beat out those three four five year experienced guys that have been in the program it's going to be tough
0: is that receiver room better than it's been under Mario
1: Cristobal Absolutely. It's got nearly, nearly all the versatility you're looking for. If you want height, you've got it. And if you want length, you've got it. If you want speed, you've got it a little bit. Chris Hudson, you know, pretty good little speed guy, Jalon Redd, uh, great short area. I don't know that he's got top end speed, but he's fast enough. You know, as seven McGee's coming in at some point, you kind of wonder what he adds, uh, you know, to that room as maybe a slot receiver. Uh, you've got versatility. You've got the bigger body with Johnny Johnson, Micah Pittman, guys that can, you know, maybe muscle you out of the way a little bit. Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, this might be a different question. I don't know if it is or not, but you have the tight ends. You have versatility there. And I mentioned them simply because you see those guys flanked out in Joe Moorhead's offense quite a bit. So you've got Spencer Webb, who kind of is in that tweener mold, right? He's, he's a really long body that you can move out wide and have him maybe block on the edge or, or be available as a pass-catching receiver, or he's a tight end. You know, he's just, he's kind of versatile, the same for Terrence Ferguson. So, you know, I think in terms of the receiving options, it's pretty versatile for Oregon. Okay. Um,
0: we, we had a bunch of other questions and I'm sorry. We, we, we tackled a ton of them yesterday and that pod um, just, just will never make it out to the world because my, my part sounded like utter garbage. Um, but uh, we still have a week. We'll get to a, a few more of those topics next week and, and spring football. Uh, Justin, before we wrap, is there anything urgently that you want fans to know heading into spring football?
1: Yeah, just, uh, you know, it's, it's time to be excited. I know that, you know, again, uh, I think some folks are making kind of a big deal of no media uh, accessibility, and I understand that. I know other programs in the Pac-12 are allowing them, but um, you know Mario Cristobal's not, and he's doing it for, you know, what he believes is the best interest of his, of his program, and uh, you know, so I, I think we should respect that, nonetheless. Excited to hear what he says in the in the post practice conferences. Uh, recruiting is, you know, Oregon picked up a commitment uh, yesterday. In fact, from a, a very speedy electric wide receiver, a guy that's really only a three star right now, but I think easily has four star written all over him when it's when he's reevaluated. Uh Stefan Johnson, you know, love, love that pickup for Oregon. Another guy out of Texas that gives him a second recruit out of Texas in this recruiting cycle, also signed Terrell Tillman out of Texas last year. So you see an Oregon, you know, looking to make some inroads there into the state of Texas and having some some success with it. So um, we're seeing a lot of activity uh, with Oregon and other schools, and a lot of schools seem to be gearing up for what they expect to be uh, official visits in June, and this is pretty exciting. I mean, kids have not been able to take official visits for the last year, and you're seeing a lot. I think right now you've seen about eight or nine well, maybe ten kids that have have uh, posted on social media that they'll be taking an official visit to Oregon in June. Some really good football players. So you know, very exciting there. So I know we're talking about this, and it's you know, here we are, early April. But uh, you know, next thing you know, you'll watch spring football for a month. You know, have kind of a month in between, and then it, I think it'll be hot and heavy into recruiting. So. Um, tons of stuff there. A lot of exciting things going on at Scoop Duck. Um, I think we've got some news, you know, for the for the site uh, that that could be kind of bubbling up. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know with these things. But uh, yeah, just lots to be excited about.
0: Okay. All right. We'll uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll, we'll try to make sure all those issues are in the past. Scoop Duck and HiFi Spring Football will be at the forefront of that conversation next. Uh, thanks for listening. Give us a rating, give us a comment on uh, whatever podcast app you use to listen, and go Ducks!